You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. The C Word with Callista. Welcome to a special Halloween episode of The C Word. My name is Callista and today we're going to be talking to an actual ghost hunter. So Walter Williams, he's based in Canada. He's got 40 years of paranormal experience and we might even be able to touch on a couple of personal experiences because, well, he's my uncle. So Uncle Wally, welcome to The C Word. Thank you, Callista. Lovely to see you. This is so exciting for me, not just because I'm really interested in the topic, but because we also haven't really spoken in like since I was like a kid, right? Yeah, I saw a photograph of you the other day and it's in Nanny Williams's house and your mom's uh-huh. there and you're there as a tiny little girl. That's that's yeah. pretty much, I think, the last I probably yeah. had like actual interaction with family other than like on Facebook and stuff. Yes, crazy. Um, but you're a busy girl. A lot going on, a lot going James on. James Corbin even knows who you are now. <laughs> Yeah, we've got to get get me over to Canada, though. Yes, we will. So which part of Canada are you in right now? We're in the uh, Nova Scotia, or the province of Nova Scotia. We live in the centre of that, which is Truro. It's Colchester County, where we are. And our society that we have here, or our ghost hunting group, Uh is Colchester County Paranormal Society. So we cover anywhere within Colchester County, and it's it's a big spot, old Love it. Not as old as England, but love it. How many people are in like the, the community or the team? It started off, we had about 15 or 16. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's a, we don't all go out at the same time. You have this, you have the team and then because, you, you know, you say, yeah, we're going to do uh, going and do an investigation next week. But uh-huh. some people are not available next week. So we pick out of that group how many we can go to handle the equipment that we use and go from there. So okay. at any one time, it could be six or seven. Sometimes it could be three or four. So you obviously moved to Canada from England, but you were already kind of like taking these ghost photos even before that, right? Yes. I, uh, how can we put it? I had a strange childhood in respect of seeing things and hearing things that, you know, literally, you know, scared me. And it's all that I've ever done ever since as regards to this subject has all been from those experiences as a child. And mm-hmm. dad used to see things. Remember one time it was, uh, it was in bed and I could hear these footsteps coming up the stairs and the door handle rattling to the bedroom and uh, scared me. Don't ask me how I did it because I don't know. But I got out of bed. And remember, these are days of candles in the bedroom, not electric lights. Went downstairs and, they, you know, come up and checked around and stuff like this. And it was the next day, the next morning when we were talking about it, Dad said, oh, yeah, I've often seen that woman walk up the stairs behind you when you guys go to bed. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> you tell me that now. <laughs> But yes, how I old were you then? About 11, 9, 10, 11. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one time, going to school, we had to walk down this long road. My school was Ignil Street, so and this was called Ignil Street. As you, Just before the school, there's a, the old railway line going across the street, and there was a long, dark bridge or tunnel that you have to go through. Okay. It wasn't scary because I mean, you can see the light at the other end, and there was old street lamps inside and I was walking down there into this tunnel and there was a fella a guy walking in front of me it was all dark and I'm walking down and this guy stopped turned around looked at me and then turned and went straight into the wall 
just disappeared into the wall. The part that they disappeared into the wall didn't scare me. The fact that it turned around and looked at me, that scared me. <laughs> it's like making sure you're watching, right? Oh, wow, I'm telling you, yeah. And it's things like that, you know, and you think to yourself, I still see them now and again, but not very often. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, talk about too much personal stuff on the podcast, but, like, you were telling me kind of runs in the family. And, of course, we've heard stories from all different relatives over the years of things that have happened. Do you think you you are definitely the one that, like, has the strongest intuition of them? It's hard to say. I think the family have something you know they were they were two that uh, used to say stuff mm-hmm. so it's there i wouldn't really say i'm the one that's got it the strongest i'm just saying i'm the one that pursues it more yeah i mean i've definitely mm-hmm. had um incidents happen maybe like a few years after it happened like mom would tell me something and i'd be like but the exact same thing happened to me as well yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think you were saying we kind of come from a line of mediums yes dad was he wasn't a practicing medium but he could definitely uh see things and hear things and i mean you know we're all come from the same gene pool so you know, mm-hmm. some of it's going to rub off. I mean, a lot of people say everybody is possibly a psychic. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. don't either realize it or haven't attuned to it. It's like I say, if you watch some of these shows where uh, there's a medium on TV mm-hmm. and before they come on, they say, I just went to go to a quiet room and just tune in. But what they're doing is actually raising their vibrations through breathing. And it actually raises the vibration within your own body mm-hmm. and mind because spirits work on a higher level. You might hear buzzing in your ear. You can't make it out. It's probably Mm. a spirit trying to talk to you, but you can't hear it because it's too high pitch. So a psychic will raise their vibration level and a spirit will bring theirs down. And hopefully they meet in the middle. Then the medium will stand in and say, oh, yeah, I talked to your auntie May yesterday. She was looking great. You know, it's it's just the way that works. And and when when you're going out on an investigation, your senses are obviously a little more heightened because you Mm -hmm. don't know what you're going to see. You don't know what you're going to find. You don't know what you're going to hear. So you're, you're anticipating. You're on high alert, basically. High alert, yeah. Obviously, I've had, like, experiences and stuff. But mostly, like, when I was... I want to say when I was younger, but like probably till like a few years ago. So I was I wanted to ask I wanted to ask you this later on, but since we're already talking about it. So I've noticed like as I grow up and as I've moved out of like my hometown, which is like in in East Malaysia, I don't yeah. seem to be as sensitive anymore. Like I don't have experiences anymore. Like why do you think that is? That's only because you're very busy. You're moving around a lot and you're I mean you'll have experiences in KL. Mm-hmm. but you might not put any sort of strong emphasis on it because you're busy doing what you do now and all the other stuff that you do. Uh, it's quiet times when you sort of sense things mm-hmm. because otherwise, you, you know, your your conscious mind is just, you're flying all over the place. But when you have time to sit and relax and just chill down a bit, mm-hmm. that's when your subconscious or your, you know, just your, your being is nice and relaxed. That's the time when you can pick up on these things. I wouldn't say you you don't get them as more as, as you know, because of where you are. I think it's more because of what you're doing. Maybe be careful going to bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know, like whenever I've had experiences in the past, I just kind of like, I'm the type of person who's like, you know what, never mind, I'm just going to go to sleep. <laughs> yes. You know what I can't do? I mean, I know I, uh, you know, class is a ghost hunter. Uh-huh. I do not like scary movies. Ghost movies. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I can imagine it's, you know, you watch something, you think, if that thing comes at me when I'm on a ghost hunt, you know what I'm saying? I'm okay. gone. I, I guess it that. hits closer to home, right? Yeah, they make you jump. They, they scare you. Yeah. I'll just tell you this one thing, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a good way of demonstrating that. When me and Julie first got married, mm-hmm. we lived in an old apartment 
Mm-hmm. We call it a flat in England. It's an old apartment uh, above a shop. And we've been there, I don't know, a month or more maybe. But he kept having this feeling there's something not right in this place, you know. So anyway, we went to bed one night and I'd got her back to her facing that way. And I'd just drifted off to sleep and I felt like a bit of a nudge. Okay. So I turned over. It was an old lady, at least 120 years old, just staring at me in this in this bedroom, in this bed. It was a change my underwear moment. <laughs> right? Even hearing it so, gives me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it scared me. It scared me. And I can still see her face right now as vivid as if it had just happened. Two days later, because, you know, I was having trouble sleeping after that. Mm-hmm. In front of her, you know, at the end of the bed was a window. She was now standing outside that window looking in. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm done. Chill, see if we can find a place to go. We got to move out of here. But but yeah. doesn't that mean like she she actually left the house? Like she went from being in the bed to like outside. Yeah, but it's the same area. It's it's, it's like with a lot of ghosts. It's like with a lot of ghosts. It's the you know the space. Mm. She obviously I don't know who she was. She obviously used to live there at one time. And this is the difference with ghosts. Mm-hmm. You have what they term as residual ghosts. A residual ghost is the likes of going to a castle and seeing, you know, Anne Boleyn walk by type of thing. Okay. Residual. They stay there. It's a, I'm not even going to say a memory. Well, it probably is a memory. There's a thing called the Stonewall effect, whereby they believe that buildings can absorb the energy of any tragedy, right? And then they just play it back. It's like on a loop, on an old tape recorder, on a loop. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you happen to be there at the same time or, you know, the same time of year or the atmosphere is about the same, you'll see this memory, to mm-hmm. us, that's a ghost because it's come from nowhere, sorted for a brief second, and it's gone. The other type are what they call intelligent ghosts. They go into the into the category of a spirit, not a uh-huh. ghost ghost, a spirit. These are the ones you can interact with. They can interact with you as opposed to the, the ghost. They don't interact with you. They don't know you're there. Mm-hmm. A spirit does. And this is the, these are the ones that you can contact with, you can communicate with. It's the old classic, and we still do. Put the digital recorder on. Is there anybody there? <laughs> and wait to see what happens. Those are the ones that you can interact with and they can interact with you. Like the old lady in the bed. She obviously could see me. Yeah. She was interacting with me, but I didn't know who she was. I didn't know what she wanted. So she did what she did first. That scared me. And then whether it was her thing like, a, oh, sorry, I won't bother you that close again. She was outside. But she's still on the premises of the house. Was this before you joined like an actual ghost hunting community? Uh, no, I used to have one in England too. It was called the, uh, we called it Stripe, which was, I think it was a society for the research and investigation of paranormal experiences. But yeah, I've been doing this as a site since I was 40 odd years now. Because um, like, didn't that experience make you want to kind of figure out who she was, what she wanted? Yes, obviously. But, uh, you know, Julie pregnant and all that sort of business, it was, uh, okay. it was, and there were plans for us to move anyway. So I just put it down to a, uh, well, there's a good ghost story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it is. It, scares, it still scares me when I think about it. It's crazy. Having done this for like over 40 years, it doesn't change your feeling of being scared or... No, I haven't gone to many where we got scared. Interested, yes, and thinking, mm. whoa, did you just hear that? Did you just see that? It, for me now, it's more interesting. It's answered a lot of questions for me, and it's taken a lot of the fear away. There's not many people I've done. Well, we've, we've took a few groups around, and some have been scared, but, you know, we don't try and do things deliberate. You know, we don't do it as, uh, as entertainment. Uh, basically, our mandate is we want to find physical proof of the paranormal. 
life after death, you know, do you carry on when you're gone? And after 40 years of experience, I can say, yep, we do. Well, speaking of that, like when you find out, okay, so if somebody calls you to like do like an investigation or anything and you find, okay, yeah, your house is haunted. Do you perform any cleansing kind of thing? Or is it just like, okay, yeah, it's haunted by. <laughs> no, no, we do. Uh, we don't do many private homes. Okay. Only be- and the only reason that being is that when we find something and tell them, we can leave. Mm. They still have to live there. So we're very careful with private residences, which is why we like doing uh, abandoned buildings, uh, you know, people that have lived there before, but there's nobody there now. But we've, we have done a couple. And, yes, we, we, we can we, – I don't know if it's a professional cleansing or what. It seems to work sometimes. But we go in and we, you know, we'll, we'll say, like, you know, this is, these people are living in their time in mm. their space. You are still in your time and your space. You know, if you want to carry on haunting, don't hurt anybody. Don't frighten people. That's your time. Mm-hmm. There's people now living in a separate time within that space like us now, mm-hmm. you know, and there shouldn't be any interaction. We have noticed that things do get a lot calmer once we've done that, but we do not like doing. So like what does a typical like hunt or investigation look like? Do you just decide, okay, there's like an abandoned house here. Let's go check it out. Or does people call you about it? We've had uh referrals or a call uh-huh. but we like to try and find them ourselves it's like the um the bunker just not far from here in truro it's a place called debert uh-huh. debert has what they call the defend bunker okay which is named after one of the uh, premiers okay and it's a second world war bunker where and it's a, it's a big airfield too and you know a lot of forces from england would come to the air the air base in Bert in the bunker and all that sort of stuff. And then they'd fly off different missions out. And there's this massive control center down there. It was mm-hmm. basically, you know, if World War II goes bottom down, you know, and they decide they're going to use a nuclear bomb, all the government people and stuff like that, and all the important people will be stationed in this bunker. Okay. And a great entrepreneur bought it and started to convert it inside, like, because it's all, it's all a massive uh, passageways and, and corridors and there's got to be a hundred different rooms in that thing. Because mm-hmm. when you're down there and they turn the lights off, it is dark. <laughs> so they were looking for, well, we, we didn't hear that, but we thought maybe the only way we can get in and do an investigation in this bunker is to mm-hmm. say, we'll come in, we'll put it out there on the internet and we'll do a fundraiser to help you raise funds. We had 30 people down there. Oh. And it was awesome. <laughs> absolutely awesome taking this group of people around in the dark and i mean the staff down there were fantastic because they come up with little stories you know oh don't go in that room there's something in there so we said oh, let's go in that room and check with it so yeah it was great otherwise we go out and find our own stuff one of those evps you have there right across the road from me where i'm sitting right now is the old hospital we got in to the old hospital it was just oh. me and simon we had a little word with a certain person and he let us in so we explored the place on our own, the whole okay. hospital. There's a room up on the third floor on the psychiatric side of the hospital. Of course. That EVP, when you listen to it, you'll hear Simon saying, I don't like this room. I don't know what's going on. It's all on tape. And then you hear another fella who turned out to be the maintenance guy. And he's saying, yeah, I never liked this room either. And right after that, you hear a man, not me, not Simon, not this other guy saying, I pulled my head. I don't like that room. Really? Yes, I, feel I don't like it. There's something about this room. I don't know. Pulled my head. We think he hung himself, and he's still 
in that room. Ah, uh, that would make sense. There's no other, okay. reason, no other reason, you know? <laughs> I'll try, I'll try and play this on the podcast. Yeah, the EVPs that you'll hear are fantastic. There's one there, if you see, it says, follow me. That's me walking through a cemetery and saying, yeah, guys, I'm just checking, is anybody still around? Because cemeteries are not the best place to investigate at all because, you know, the memories have all long passed by the time they reach the cemetery. And uh, that EVP, I didn't hear it. I only went, it's only when I got home and played it back. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's a man. And he says, follow me there. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's, just, it's as plain as day as if I'm talking to you right now. When, yeah. when, you, when you go home and you hear it, like, does it, like, give you goosebumps yeah. as well? Yes, it does. But I find it exciting as well because we've actually, again, it's just another piece of evidence. So how do you feel, like, after you've done an investigation, like, when you leave, do you feel, like, exhausted? Do you feel, oh, it's just, like, normal, nothing, nothing yeah. special? No, no, feel exhausted, very much so. And the reason for that is spirits, ghosts, mm-hmm. will use any form of energy to try and manifest, whether it's an orb or a streak of light shoot across or even a manifestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're using your energy. They're drawing off you. They're drawing off your flashlight. They're draw- mm-hmm. These are the batteries. You're drawing off your flashlight batteries, your recorder batteries, your camera batteries. And the more they draw... That's when the anomalies can become more clearer. We've actually mm-hmm. seen one just appear out of nowhere, just start to grow bigger and bigger. But you'll say, you know, you're walking with a full pack of batteries and you've been there five minutes and, uh-oh, battery's dead, got to get another one. And that's that's, that's that. another good indicator. That's another good indicator. EMF. Do you know what the best EMF device is in the world? Your own body. Oh. Have you ever walked into a room and the hair on the back of your neck stood up? Uh-huh. Or you're suddenly exactly, cold. Yeah, that's exactly what the EMF meter's doing. Because you've walked into an area where the EMF is pretty high mm-hmm. and it affects your skin. It's like mm-hmm. your hair stand up, like static. It's the same principle that thing works off. Exactly the same. But they're good to have because it's visual. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. you, you can't just like <clears throat> say like, oh, it was just like you were freaking yourself out because it's like yeah. on a machine, right? But yeah, it's, uh, they are tiring. Plus, you have to remember going in as a group, I have most of it here, you're going in to investigate something. So you want to try and cover every angle of where you mm-hmm. are. So and um, we, we have eight infrared cameras. So that's going to require at least six tripods. Okay. Then you got the DVR. Then you got the monitor. Mm-hmm. Then you got the cameras and all the flashlights. You have to take a load of gear in, set it all up, actually do the investigation. And when that's done, you have to break it all back down and take it out back to the car. By the time you're done, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's physical work. <laughs> and I'm not 18 anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I'm lucky. I'm good, yeah. yeah. But I, okay, I know you always capture like a lot of orbs, right? Have you ever captured something or have you ever seen but not managed to capture something more than an orb? Uh, yes. <laughs> This is the attic that I'm mm-hmm. talking about. We were up there. There was uh, four of us up there doing the various stuff. There's one over with a EMF meter, another one over with a digital recorder. There's a, a set of stairs okay. going down. Mm-hmm. Next to that, there's a room. Okay. You know, remember we're doing this in the dark. And as I walked in the doorway, doing you know the older, yeah, you know, we're just we're not here to harm you. We just want to see if there's anyone here, anybody that wants to communicate with us. Tell us your name. And all this sort of stuff. And this thing came at me. And when I say came at me, you know, like get in a crowd and somebody pushes your shoulder as they pass you, bumps your shoulder. 
This thing did that. And as he passed, right at the side of my ear, right here, it says, get out. And gone. But it was so powerful. First of all, I had the knock, but I didn't bump into anything. But he bumped past me. And as he went by, he's, he, obviously, it must have been his face. It just came right up. To, and it was right close. It, that bad, it made me dizzy. And he almost fell over. It wasn't captured on, on film in, as regards like we caught anything. This thing just came out of nowhere. Nobody saw it. Nobody heard it except me. And yet there was somebody just in front of me. So this thing came my way. He decided that you were the person that he yeah. should go to. I'm the leader of the gang. <laughs> so did, did you get out? No. I don't know. You, <laughs> we have a, I, have a, <laughs> I have a lot of EVPs that say get out. And you watch any... Any ghost hunting show, and you'll hear somebody say that anyway, get out. Mm. But that's, no, we don't do that. We say, no, 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 we're okay. Just don't harm us. And I'm now, we've never, we've never ever in my experience had anything uh, physical mm-hmm. injury. You know, you might bang into something because you didn't put your flashlights on and, you, you know, you smacked your head on a wall or something that you didn't know was there. And this is what we do with an investigation. When you first get there, we go around with all the lights blazing. Mm-hmm. We, do a, we do ourselves a tour of the whole place we're going to investigate so that we know where dangers might be when it's in the dark. Okay. That's, but no, and I've never, ever, apart from that, you know, get out. That's the only time that something has come that close to, you know, trying to scare us out of there. So obviously, like, some of them don't want to communicate, right? But yeah. have you ever had ones that actually have been trying to communicate and they're, they're like, okay, finally someone can, like, yes. they can talk to you? We've done it, again, same place in that attic. We figured out that we were speaking to a little boy. Okay. He had a mum and dad. They were there with him, but we couldn't get to, we couldn't get them to, to speak. We didn't pick up anything from those, but we picked up the boy's name. You pick it up on the digital recorder. Okay. Is why you always have one because we're talking all the time, yeah. but we don't know if they're replying. We're, we're actually listening to see if we can hear physically, but we don't. It's always on a digital recorder, eighty percent of the time. And uh, we figured out he was he was a little boy, and he lived there with his mum and dad. And they, the mum and dad, were transients. This is you're going back into the eighteen hundreds when they lived in this place, and it was just playful. You can tell by the lights. He's just he's just glad to talk to somebody. It was fun, scary at the time, but it was fun. And, and this is what you do when you find out. And we even told them, you do know that this place is going to be demolished soon because they were knocking it down. Oh, okay. And we said, you do realise, just want to let you know, I mean, talking to them like I'm talking to you. Uh-huh. Just want to let you know, they're demolishing this place. So this soon, this place is not going to be here. And it's just the lights going, dink, 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 dink. So they understand it. And it was eventually demolished. But they, there's something in its place now. They are probably still there so you think even when the the original space is gone they stay yeah because it's it's the actual it's the actual space that they occupied not Mm -hmm. the structure that was on it that house could have been knocked down five six times before you know it is what Mm -hmm. it is now but the space is the space that they are in so they're not all they're not all there moaning and groaning there are some but uh you know some you can help some you can't have you ever had anything attach itself to you after an investigation no, and the reason being, which is important, when we do an investigation, mm-hmm. we go in, like I say, we check it around in the daylight, mm-hmm. make sure we know where everything is, set the gear up. When we're actually ready to start, I personally give a prayer of protection for the whole group. Okay. When the prayer is done, well, 
in within that prayer. It's only, you know, you know, please protect us with your spiritual white light, keep everybody safe and all this sort of business. But we also state if there are any spirits in this property, we are visitors. When we leave, you do not follow anybody home because mm. that is not permitted. This is your space. Our space is outside of this house. Do not, and nobody, and none of them ever have. Nobody's ever said, that thing followed me home last night. No. And That's I've good. never had it either, you know. I mean, I'm talking to the spirit world all the time, and they never come to me and say, yeah, you really messed up my house when you was here. <laughs> no, they don't follow us home. Some people have claimed they do, and I'm not, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that uh, spirits don't attach to people. Mm-hmm. They do, but as I say, maybe we're a fortunate group. It's never happened to us, and hope it don't. Okay, well, that kind of brings me to my next question, which is, why do you think ghosts or spirits look different in Western countries versus Asian countries? Because I know you say you don't watch like a lot of horror movies, but when we talk about ghosts, I feel like we always talk about like Western ghosts, like they're just like spirits. But when we talk about Asian ghosts, it's a lot of um, more <clears throat> demon kind of things, I feel. The one that scares me is that, that one that is the girl in the black hair and the white dress. Uh, the Japanese ghost. Yeah, that freaks me out. I don't want to see one of them on one of my investigations. I really but, hope you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Western culture is totally different to Asian culture. Mm-hmm. Asian culture, some areas, goes back thousands and thousands of years. So it's a deep-rooted, uh, you know, there's demons, there's flying dragons, there's all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think the dread of Asian spirits comes from. It's in their genes. It's a deep-rooted, goes way back into the past of, uh, you know, like the Japanese samurai and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It goes way back. and it, But it's, it's in-rooted in the modern-day people. But mm-hmm. deep down in their core, that stuff is still there, even mm-hmm. though they probably don't think about it. And with the mythology that's come from all those thousands of years, Mm-hmm. It's still up here, whether you're, you know, uh, working in an office or working down in, in a rice field, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. it's still there deep inside. And, and I think it's the fear. Every time somebody mentions ghosts in Asia, you know, they everybody gets scared or they, they think, oh, Jesus. But, you know, next time you see one, have a digital recorder in your hand. You're probably just saying, hi, Callista, how are you? My God, I haven't seen you forever. The perception. Mm of the way back old days that's come right the way through to this time, mm-hmm. that perception still follows. And remember, 80% of the ghosts that we know of are from Hollywood, man. They're just, it's in the movies. People pay money to get scared. Yeah. So they're going to make them 10 times worse than what they are. Yeah. But like here we've got like different things, like one of the ones I can think of right now, basically it's this woman who can detach her head and like the intestines and then she can fly around so that's like a very well-known one here that a lot of people experience especially the ones that live like on the outskirts of town like a lot of people have seen like these kind of things so do you feel like black magic kind of plays a part in how like spirits and and anomalies like manifest over here i think like in africa as well they have like similar things and yep. I, I remember reading somewhere someone said like it's because of the history of voodoo and stuff. And yes. obviously in Asia we've got like a history of black <clears throat> magic and everything. So do you yes. think like that plays a part? In Asian culture, I mean, not all over. Everybody knows that um, there's black magic practitioners, mm-hmm. there's white magic practitioners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as to whether these 
people have the actual powers to conjure up this sort of stuff? Probably, but it's it's probably because the people they're trying to conjure up for are gullible to and susceptible to it. That's what they want. That's what they want to see. So, you know, um, you watch uh, Britain's Got Talent. You see the one the, the one girl there from uh, from Asia. Oh yes. I forget what her name is, but she was scary. Raina or something, right? Yes, something like that. She uh-huh. got she got massive following. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's something that will make you believe. Mm-hmm. Someone has the power to make someone or a group of people mm-hmm. believe that a lady can detach her head and unzip herself so all her intestines come out. Where did that actual thing mm-hmm. originate from? It's got to be from way back somewhere else. Because yeah, I doubt very much anybody today is going to do that sort of thing, <laughs> unless they're a magician, right? Do you think like the like for like maybe a group of people that like play with black magic? Do you think like what even after they stop, like there's like residual? residual. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing now, and a lot of people are not going to like this either. Okay. But Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. A lot of people play with them. It's a party trick. Unfortunately for the Ouija boards, to a lot of people, it works. You can actually open a portal, mm-hmm. bring something out that you want to talk to or mess around with the board. Mm-hmm. Then what do you do when you get scared? Something goes bang outside or something like that. First thing you do is put it in, close it up, put it back in the drawer. But in doing that, you left the door open. Mm-hmm. So, and this is what I was talking about earlier, the different levels of existence once you pass in a sense, mm-hmm. the lower levels, you know, all your not-so-nice people when they were here, that's yeah. where they are. I'm not going to say it's hell, but that's where they are. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that want to be able to try and influence the living in that sense. You ever watched um, Constantine? Okay, yeah. You ever watched that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. That sort of puts it in perspective in a sense. People that want to influence people to do bad things. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, a Ouija board is one way of getting that across, if you believe it. I've used one, and we only ever used it once, and that was it. And we sealed, well, once say we sealed it, we did what we thought was to be the right thing to do, and that is close it, say, yes, thank you very much. Uh, this session is now over. If mm-hmm. there's anyone that came across here, please go back now because you don't belong on this side, and mm-hmm. then shut it up. We did an investigation at a mm-hmm. house with two young girls, teenagers. Uh-huh. And then a lot of them, the mum was having a lot of trouble with the house. And the first question I asked, just right out the blue, okay, is uh, anybody here, is there a Ouija board in this house? Anybody playing with the Ouija boards? And these two girls looked at each other. And, you, and I just knew. I mm. just knew. And some of the footage we got of that house is this thing coming down the stairs. It's on film. You see, you come across the banister and walk into the next room. Mm-hmm. And when we went back to show them what we found, first thing I said to them, I said, is that Ouija board still in this house? Yeah. I said, go get it, take it outside, burn it right now. And everything ceased after that because they brought something over and didn't put it back. The That's Ouija board was video. kind of like the... So it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a doorway. Okay. My experience and a lot of people in what we do will tell mm-hmm. you the same thing. I mean, I've even seen them using Ouija boards on, uh, on ghost shows. You know? Mm-hmm. I 100% disagree with them unless you have the facilities to be totally in control of it and of the session. Because if you don't, if that portal opens and, and you're in touch with someone, you know, oh, yes, it's me Uncle Bill from down the road, you know, and he's a, you know, yeah, but who's behind Uncle Bill? If you're talking to Uncle Bill, who's standing behind him that wants to come through? 
And if you don't close it like you do a book, you say, this session's over, thank you very much for all your help and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we want this now to end. Mm-hmm. Close it. You don't know what you brought in. And, you, and because it's closed, it can't leave. I was just going to ask, like, so how do you know, like, if it's a good spirit or if it's something masquerading as a spirit? Like, if, if it's actually Uncle Bill or is it somebody masquerading as Uncle Bill? That's a great question because uh, it's it's difficult. It really is difficult to um, to pinpoint. Mm. I do automatic writing. I mean, I've been pretty good at it. I did this for, uh, I was at work one time in Birmingham and I was on my own. So I thought, oh, get me pen and paper out, start writing. It's coming across, even got the digital recorder working. It was afterwards, you can hear a dog barking right where, right next to me. There's no dog there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I started doing the writing and it started off as being decent, you know, and all sort of stuff. And then I'm thinking, oh, sounds like a nice fella. Let's, let's see what he wants to say. Next thing, man, I felt a, a grip around my hand, right? So tight. And the pen was, it was squeezing it like that. Mm-hmm. And it was just profanity, just and I couldn't stop it, I couldn't stop it. So this nice young fellow that was there that I was talking to, all of a sudden, that's you know, he lured me in, no doubt. Mm. When he realised I'm in contact, he changed. He was, he was masquerading, and uh, or mimicking is a good word. And uh, yeah, and the only way I could break that whatever was going on mm-hmm. is I literally got my hand and slammed it down on the desk so the pencil flew out my hand, and then it was. Then it kind of like let. Yeah, let go of it. Let go of me. Something got a hold of me and it was not nice. It was nasty. Very, very nasty. I've never had it since. You know why? Because after that incident, I'm in control. I want you to. I'm calling for whoever wants to come and say something, come and say something. Uh, just want to let you know that I will be in control of the pen. You can manipulate my hand to do the writing the way you want to do it. But when I say we're done, we're done. But I will say it in a nice way. Oh, thank you very much, Uncle Bill. That was really nice talking to you. I'll make mm-hmm. sure I pass it on to your family, and I'm sure they're going to love to know that we have been in touch with you. Thank you very much, and, you know, God bless. Been great ever since? <laughs> I've had an exciting life, haven't I? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's sort of what you see in movies, but at the same time, obviously not, like, over-exaggerated. Yeah, movies right? over-exaggerate everything. A, 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 a typical ghost hunt is nothing like the movies. I'm not talking about the ghost shows that do them. Mm-hmm. They're different. They pretty, they pretty much do the basics of what we all do. The only problem I have is a lot of people can't afford the type of gear they're using these days. You get fortunate enough that a, a TV company wants you to do some ghost investigations. Then you want to snap your fingers, man, and you got the latest technology right in your hands. Yeah. You ain't paying for it. But for the normal guy out in the street or the normal group that's out there doing it day after day after day after day, they're using stuff that they've had to buy. They've had to save up for that. And when they got that, they treasure it because they don't want it broken. They don't, you know, they don't want it dropped and all this sort of stuff. And this is the difference with the professional ghost hunting groups. And believe you me, there's some great ones out there, mm-hmm. but they have gear far surpassed than what we can use. What do you think of the Warrens then? I feel like I have to ask this question. The Warrens? Like the conjuring and... Oh, the Conjuring, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was very good. I have in my basement an actual set of the headphones that they used in the Conjuring. Oh. Yeah, the big ones. Man, you, you talk about like what you're wearing and you're like the earpods and stuff. Uh-huh. You put, the, you put these things on, you need a neck brace. <laughs> it's so heavy. 
It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, but the Warrens, I mean, they both passed away now, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. They, they, were, they were good investigators, from what I, from my knowledge of them anyway. They were good, good investigators. Taps, classic, love them guys. If you want to, if you want to start dropping names, mm-hmm. I don't think James Gordon does. Uh, Gordon does. We've got to check him out one time, see what he does. See if he does his. I would love to see James <laughs> you know, Gordon a ghost do a ghost hunt. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? This is like a Halloween episode, right? And Halloween's yeah, coming I'm off. I'm to and- scare you. Yeah, so every Halloween, like somebody wants to do something, would you suggest or do you actually think it's dangerous for like people who have no experience, don't know what they're doing, to just go to a haunted house or go to an abandoned building? No, no, absolutely not. Uh, If you can find a a reputable group that wants, we've done it, we've done fundraisers on Halloween and all that sort of stuff. We don't do them as parties. They're not, let's go out and have a joking fun night. You know, we, whether it's Halloween or Christmas, it's still in the investigation. Going out like on Halloween and mm-hmm. saying, yeah, let's go into this old house, stuff like that. I can remember two people that did the exact same thing as that, having a great laugh and going out. They'd had a couple of bevies or whatever. And they yeah, it's Halloween. Let's go into it. They both died because they didn't look into it first while it was light. They went into, into the dark and went straight through the hole in the floor. Okay. So it's like it's a... dangerous. Okay. It's very dangerous to do stuff like that. And pranks as well, it's, you know, they can go bad very easily. I, I certainly wouldn't recommend it or suggest it. If you wanted to do something on a Halloween period, you know, mm-hmm. the week up to Halloween or even Halloween night, find a reputable group that will say, you know, we got this abandoned place or we got permission to go into this place. You know, it'd be great if you could do an investigation. But you've got to plan that two weeks, a week before. You wouldn't just turn around and say, oh, yeah, you want to do that? Hang on, I'll get you the digital recorder. Take it with you when you go, because I want to hear what you sound like when you fall through the floor or you fall off the roof. <laughs> so you wouldn't suggest it because, like, the place is dangerous. It's not like messing with spirits without having any knowledge is, is too dangerous. Yeah, you, it's uh, everybody knows. I mean, Halloween, what is it? All Souls Eve, right? Mm. It's the time back in the medieval times when the dead would come back yeah. and visit the living, which is what Halloween's all about. Unfortunately, now it's just commercialised. Yeah. But it's, tell me the question again. Would you say it's okay if, say, for instance, this place is not dangerous? We know it's not a dangerous place, but it's just a group of friends going in to, like, kind of, like, see whether they actually get to see a ghost or like, you know, just like mess with each other and just spend like, an, say for instance, spend the night at a cemetery or something like that. Would you suggest without having any knowledge of what to do if they do see something for them to go and do it? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, with cemeteries. Mm. I know it's a cliche, but they're full of dead people. But remember the word people. Mm-hmm. They were people. Mm-hmm. And the first thing you want is total respect. For, hope, okay. for those that are there, because you're going to end up there yourself one day, but they're there now. I know a lot of places discourage setting up stuff in a graveyard or a churchyard without without permission, just because it's Halloween, let's go to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't encourage that. Good thing for that, especially this time of year, is there are a lot of haunted tours. Mm-hmm. And they will take you around graveyards, especially mm-hmm. on Halloween or getting close to Halloween. But the biggest thing is respect. If you wanted to do something yourself for Halloween, mm-hmm. What I would suggest is sit at home or sit outside your house, turn a digital recorder on and start talking. Okay. And carry on doing that, saying, yeah, hey, great-granddad, Uncle Wally, how you doing? Is, uh, you know, can you talk to us? And then go back in 
Far better if you can upload it onto a computer and play back so you can hear it really well or put a set of headphones on and just listen. And you just might get something on Halloween. And the only people you are disturbing is yourself. So it's not dangerous to like kind of like try and speak to them? No, no, no. Why would it be? It's only, it's only, I mean, they say, oh, yeah, you're you're a ghost hunter. So, yeah, only because I've been doing it for that long, I know, you know, the way to approach it. Mm-hmm. You know, a young kid on the street, you know, they're not really sure they think, there's a ghost up there, let's go and get it. You know, it's it's not the same. You gotta know what you're doing. You got and your first the first and foremost is not collecting the evidence, it's mm-hmm. keeping yourself safe. Okay. So I think I got two more questions. The first one, which is something I just thought about when you were when you were uh, talking about all the experiences, and that's like sleep paralysis. How do you know when it's sleep paralysis and when it's something more? Great question. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting these questions from, but they're great. Now, experience. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. But yet I, I had that. And um, it, is a, it is a very good question because even I wasn't sure mm. if something was actually sitting on top of my chest and I couldn't move, I couldn't mm. get it off, I couldn't do anything, 100%. I was awake. I just couldn't do move. I couldn't do anything. But I can't 100% say that I wasn't asleep either. And okay. that's when, because they, they, they do reckon sleep paralysis, that's why hence sleep paralysis, it does come in when you reach a certain level of REM sleep and all that sort of stuff. But I really don't know. Um, I can't answer that one 100% for you. And I just hope I don't get it again because I didn't like it. Uh, so I don't, uh, know yeah. if, I don't know what type of phenomena that is. I mean, if you're of the... Uh, the witchy kind or, you know, not on the nicer side of life, then, yeah, you, you could swear black and blue it was a demon. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It's not a realm I want to go into. I feel like like sometimes you have, like, sleep paralysis and you can kind of tell, like, okay, this is, like, I get the scientific explanation to it, but, like, sometimes when it happens, things are a little too clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like we probably all had it that same thing. It's mm. it's like a sleep paralysis, but in your head you think I'm dreaming. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to get out of here. I don't want to be in this dream. And you're mm. screaming and shouting to try and wake yourself up. Mm-hmm. But you it don't wake you up. And then after a while, it's a boom. You're you're awake and you think, oh my god. I'm not going back to sleep. I'm going to go downstairs and have a coffee or something. You know, I'm not doing that. Oh, well, I turn around and go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, I, I'm tired. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I've rubbed shoulders with the spirits, man. I don't do that. I, if I'm awake, I stay awake. <laughs> I think because at one point it happened a lot to me. Yeah? Yeah. At one point it was almost every night. And I wow. could tell when it was just a normal thing and I could tell when there was something and I could tell when it was like more intense than usual. Yeah. And there was once, you know, when Auntie Karen came over to visit. Yes. And I was sleeping in that room with her and we were on separate mattresses. Like she was like this way, I was this way. And it just, I wasn't even asleep. I hadn't even fallen asleep yet. I had literally just put my phone down and it just gripped me and I couldn't move. And it was just screaming in my head. Oh, really? What was he screaming? profanities it was okay. a woman and was screaming profanities and nothing would make her leave me alone until i in my head screamed back at her and then it just disappeared and i wasn't asleep yet and that was yeah. the only terrifying experience i ha- like i've had like usually i can just turn around and go back to sleep that one like i was lying awake for a long time 
Yeah, yeah, but it was only that night when Auntie Karen, I don't know whether it was because Auntie Karen was there or because I was in that other room. Yeah. Now, do you know the, the history of the place where you were sleeping that night? Uh, no, but it's it's where we where we live. It was just a, a different room. Like mom and dad sleeping there now. And okay. I don't think that, well, mom wouldn't tell us until we moved house. She's she's like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't happening. think they've had any experiences. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's a. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's not beyond you because you know you're 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 there in the same gene pool as we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, I presume I'm going to presume Karen didn't know nothing at all about this. She was at asleep. the time. Yeah, she was asleep. Yeah, yeah. That uh, was, whoever, that was, was pretty whoever was didn't like Karen sleeping on that. that that's why I don't know whether it was like because she was there, and of course she's got the gene pool, or it was just the room in general. I don't know. But it yeah, was that one time. It happened once. And then it's never really happened again. Could you see anything? Just I mean, you dark. said you were screaming, screaming. Yeah. You didn't have that sort of floaty thing coming across you, did that sort of hovers above you and, you know. It was just darkness. I couldn't you. see anything hovering or anything. It was stuck in a place where I just put my phone down and I just turned to kind of like pull the blanket. And I was stuck like, you know, when you're stuck with your eyes half open, yes. like you were just about to close your eyes. It was that. And I could see through that little slit that there was just like a very, very black entity. But wow. I couldn't see what it looked like or anything, but the voice in my head was a woman's shape. voice. Yeah. Wow. And now it's a good question. Was the woman's voice in your head or was she in your ear? In my head. In I remember head, so it very it? specifically. It was echoing throughout my head. Mm-hmm. And it was really strange because another weird thing is, and I don't know whether this is a Williams thing because mom said she has the same thing. I don't have a voice in my head. Oh, really? I'm one of those people who don't have a voice in my head. I don't see images in my head. So when I see something or when I hear something, it's always very, really strange to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Out of place. Where had you been that day before you before you went to bed? I can't even I remember. One of you may have picked something up from somewhere else. Yeah, I don't you even know? remember. No, you don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like a genuine experience. I just uh, they are they don't know when you get them, yeah. but. And I don't want to put this on you, but the more you get them, the more you get used to them. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what happened with the whole sleep yeah. paralysis thing. I got it so often. I'm just like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, it's gone now. Turn back, yeah. go yeah. back to sleep. But that yeah. that specific one shook me because it was so different from all the other experiences <clears throat> I'd had. Yeah. And this is the thing too with, with the uh, ghosts and ghost hunting and spirits and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're only afraid because they don't govern our own physics, our own physical yeah. laws. You hear something that close, but you can't see it. Yeah. You see something move, but you can't see what moved it. You hear these voices, but you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. It's just that we're so used to terra firma, you know, dry land, put your feet down and all that sort of stuff, that when this stuff comes at you out of nowhere, it can really unnerve you. Yeah. And this is exactly the same with ghosts. I mean, you know, we've had, we've all had different type of experiences. I wouldn't want that one you just had, or the one you had when you was there when Karen was there. But uh, you know, it could have been something to do with the connection between you and Karen, and, and who knows? Yeah, uh, she could have amplified something that was already there. It's hard to say. Did you have any after she? Well, obviously, you didn't have any after she left, eh? Only like the usual. Like, there's definitely like little things that have that have happened throughout. That like when I tell my friends, they're always like, "What do you mean?" Like, you ever seen anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't, I haven't for a long time, and I think it's when yeah. I started getting busy. Like you said, yeah, nothing. That's right. He says, "Yeah, you've." Uh, you see, I used to see him a lot when I was younger. Mm. Younger being, you know, 
seven, eight, nine. Mm -hmm. I used to see that sort of stuff. And as I got older and, you know, and, you know, like going through your teenage years, it's, you know, well, when we go to the pub, you know, all that sort of stuff, it's it slowly fade back. And I, I very rarely see anything these days. Occasionally, just a, a little reminder, like, but not as much as I used to. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you, and everybody, every ghost hunter will tell you, we just want to get the, the holy grail of an apparition, which is, you know, to see something solid, come through the wall, walk up to you saying, hi, my name's Bill. I died in 1866, and they wanted on film. Yeah. Perfect. And if they did, everybody would say, fake. Yeah. That was fake. That was a curtain, not a wall. You know, so you're never going to win with any evidence that you get. People in general are not going to believe what you have. I was just going to ask, like, how do it's you deal around. with the skeptics? I just say, you know, I appreciate your opinion, but this is my opinion too. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't want to get in an argument with you by saying, that's not a real voice because I can tell you I was the one that was there. Mm. I was the one that was standing there in a graveyard on my own talking. Mm -hmm. And this is what I picked up when I came out the graveyard. Follow me there. You know, sorry, pal, you weren't there. You'd only hear the results of what I did. Yeah. But I was the one there that experienced it at the time and nothing was said on there while I was there. Not that I could hear. This is a great thing with digital recorders, man. They're the, they're the, the bee's knees. For, I want to go on the moon and do a recording up there and ask if there's anybody there. Could you imagine you pick somebody else from that far away? The digital recorders are the way. And, and I don't know what it is, whether it's a, it's, a, it's a time shift, but, I mean, it seems, it's probably because it's just the internet and it's in your face every time you turn it on, but it seems now the world is just surrounded by ghosts and everywhere yeah so i'm trying to get a message out but i mean back in the day if i took something and and, and i'd have to took a photograph like that one with the with the lady old lady at the tree where she got killed you know i'd have to write a letter put it in an envelope send it over you mm. know it takes three weeks before you saw it over here it takes less than 30 seconds man and you it's right there in your face so i don't know if it's if it's they want us to see them more easier now or Technology is, yeah. is finally catching up. I think that's what it is myself. I think it's just we have the technology now where we can get these things. A digital recorder can hear a dog whistle. They pick up stuff that we can't hear with our ears. Okay. Yeah. And last question. Yes, ma'am. Has all of this changed your perception of life, death, and reality? Yes, yes, and yes. When I was very young, I don't know what it was, I had this morbidity of, you know, I don't want to die. Mm. I don't want to die. You know, and then the ghost thing started happening. Mm -hmm. I think, I'm scared. I don't like this. So basically, and believe you me, I've tried to drop this uh, ghost subject thing in regards to, like, doing ghost hunts and collecting stuff and all this sort of business. I've tried to drop that at least five times in my lifetime, but something just swings around and, and just smacks you right back in there. So you're saying, no, 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 you're not giving up yet. But it has taken away the fear of ghosts, because mm -hmm. now you can put a good explanation to most of it, but it's other little bits that you think, wow, really? That came out of nowhere. Where is it coming from? You know, it, it gives you wonderment, I think. It makes you wonder. It makes you think. Mm -hmm. uh, fear of dying? No, not really. I mean, yeah, it's a fear of taking the next step. But from what I've picked up and, and collected over the years, I know for a fact that when I'm gone, 
I'm not just going to go in a box and see you and never get to see or hear from me again ever because, you know, I've got proof that someone's still speaking to me after I've left and I've had value proof by the person I'm speaking with that wanted to talk to this person that it's their voice. So it's not like it's 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 Uncle Jack. Oh yeah, it could be anybody, Uncle Jack. No, that's my Uncle Jack because he speaks that way. Mm-hmm. But he's been dead for twenty years. I think it's awesome. I encourage anybody to do it properly, yeah. safely, and be respectful. Two things: mm-hmm. respect and safety. Yeah, I've always been a, like a firm believer of I'm like more scared of human beings and ghosts because human beings can be like. <laughs> Just give me a second. It's our oh. business plan. And what's uh-huh. on the back? I've got to put a light on here so you can see that. And if you can see this. You do not have to fear the dead. It is the living we have to worry about. That is so crazy because that's what I always, not in those Welcome exact to words. the family, Clister. Welcome yes. to the family. <laughs> Williams through and through. I'm telling you, man. You said the exact words that's on the back of that card. It's crazy. Isn't that something? And I'm, I'm glad you just showed me that card because I was just going to ask you, um, is there anywhere like people can go to find you or like see more info on like your work yeah. and, and, and videos and, and, and stuff? Because I'm pretty sure like a lot of people are going to be really interested to see. We've been yeah. talking about all these photos and everything. One thing, one thing I'm not very savvy at is, mm. and I'd love one. If anybody out there wants to do it, great. I don't have a, a, a website. I'm not good at doing websites. I, can't, I don't know how to build them, right? Okay. Uh, we have Facebook. Now, the thing we, and it's, uh, it's uh, that's what it is, Colchester County Paranormal Society. You can look it up, you know, search it under Facebook, but it's a private group. Okay. So basically, you have to ask for an invite to get in. And once you're in there, you can see, you know, a good few of the investigations we've done, and there's all stuff there. And that's a great way to get in touch with us uh, that way. But other than that, that's it. If I had a website, if I knew how to build one, I'd build one and it'd be there for the world. But at the moment, it's just good old Facebook. Well, let's see whether we can get that done. Yeah. And just remember, Colchester County Paranormal Society or CCPS for short. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's like the Colchester County's Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's what we are, yeah. Colchester County Well, thanks for joining me, Uncle Wally. It was like a lot of fun. And yeah, I'll see you in the next episode. with Callista.